From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about what you can do to get out of the date night rut of doing the same thing over and over again and have fun the next time you go out. And there's a quote that's been attributed to Anonymous that says, the greatest gift you can give anyone, and I would actually substitute, the greatest gift you can give your spouse is your time. Because when you dedicate your time, you're offering a part of your life that you will never get back. And when we're talking about getting out of that date night routine, that's about time. That's about giving of yourself. It's what we're going into in today's show. But first and foremost, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And really, a hug is an opportunity to give you that virtual high five, the the gold star to say, you know what, we see what you're doing, and we're so proud of the effort that you're making in your marriage. And this hug came from an email we received that starts with, I just wanted to thank you guys for what you're doing. A friend of mine recently shared your scheduling sex episode, and I've been hooked ever since. Right on. That is such a great show to share as a first show introduction to, to the One Extraordinary Marriage show. goes on to say, I've gone back to episode one, and I'm about 36 episodes through. What was said about rejection from the man's perspective really resonated with me. Hmm. It's not that we're in a sexless marriage as much as it seems like a constant battle. While I'm still living in fear about my wife's response to such a proposal, I'm working on the other pillars. Hmm. Come on. That's why there are six pillars of intimacy because mm-hmm. one might have cracks, but you can work on the other five. Pray daily for the strength to be able to broach the subject. Just before finding you guys, I was in a very dark and scary place in relation to my marriage. I found myself thinking, so this is why people have affairs. I adore my wife and I know she loves me, but my mind was going places that were purely from the devil. Mm. While I don't watch pornography anymore, I was finding myself looking longer at other women than is appropriate. Tony's openness about porn and how untrue it was to his wife, me, Help me to refocus on keeping my eyes and thoughts true to my wife. Come on. Mm-hmm. I like, love it. Talk about change happening in a marriage. I'll continue to pray and to serve my wife until I can get to a place where I'm willing to be more vulnerable and take off the mask and have the hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Here's a husband going after it in his marriage, right? Looking at what he can do and taking action around the things and being willing to hear, you know, when, when Tony and I talk about rejection, when we talk about pornography, that you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Nope, it doesn't. And, you know, for those of you, hey, if you're in this place or you're finding yourself in this place again, it's all right, man. Like, refocus. Mm-hmm. Like, believe me, we're, we're human. We are. And sin is in the world. And so there are going to be things that are going to try to distract you from what's in front of you. And I know it. Because I'm a guy just like you are for my men. And you have to refocus and you have to get back to who's your true love. Mm. And that's the woman you said I do to. So refocus. And we're going to talk about that here today about, you know, how do you do that through going out on a date? Strengthening your recreational intimacy. It doesn't only have to be like sitting at a movie or sitting at dinner, but it could be some activities or something. So let's jump into that. Yeah, because a few weeks ago, you and I were sitting at the local coffee shop. And we do this every Sunday. Well, not every Sunday, but almost every Sunday. 
um, we, we're, we're getting, pretty regular. We're getting we're, good we're, at it. Well, and we changed our our service time. So we go to church now at 830 in the morning. And so that service ends at about 930, 940. By the time we see our friends and say hello in the passing and everything, we're typically somewhere by about 1015. Mm-hmm. So it's a really nice brunchish time for us. And yeah. and so it, it, we, we've gone on that schedule and it's worked out wonderful recently. And now granted, we have the luxury of being able to do that because we have a teenager who drives and yes, does all do. her own things. They, but she does you know, her own things. He sits there with his unsweetened iced tea and I'm sitting there with my latte. And <laughs> and I just want, I mean, part of the reason why we're telling you guys, even just the backstory around that is we want you to know that we actually put into practice what we talk to you guys about on the show. Like if we talk about a coffee break, we're doing a coffee break. And I do buy my unsweetened iced tea from somewhere else and I bring it into the coffee shop because Elisa's buying her latte at the coffee shop. I, I'm sorry, I just cannot pay $4 for an unsweetened iced tea. That doesn't taste that good when I can go to my tried and true. It's a very understanding coffee shop. We know that every coffee shop feels that way. Um, anyway, that is besides, it's, it doesn't matter where Tony gets his tea from, he is drinking unsweetened iced tea. But, but that but that is part of our financial intimacy. That is and, for, true. and for me, that's a big deal. And and I that, it, it brings in that financial intimacy piece. But I appreciate let's that. Let's move forward. Yes. So, and again, you know, it's like Tony said, and, and we've kind of just been sharing here with 2022, like there are a number of intimacies and a number of practices that we kind of fell off the wagon in 2021 Mm -hmm. and we're just really getting focused on and we can actually tell from like a temperature reading of Mm -hmm. what's going on in our marriage how long it's been since we've had a coffee break yeah because if we don't have them regularly things get a little messy Mm -hmm. between tony and lisa Mm -hmm. and we do have to schedule them i I appreciate that some of you guys are like oh scheduling things in my mind yeah okay we schedule them and they're not always pleasant, but we still do it. And so that was, that's kind of the background mm-hmm. for this conversation that had. And, and so we were, we were having this conversation. And one of the questions that we discuss when we do this is which pillar of intimacy do we need to focus on in the upcoming week? Right? Not where have you dropped the ball, not where are you screwing up? Which pillar of intimacy do we need to focus on? And, and, and the beauty of that question is that it's, not about your spouse and it's not about you mm-hmm. it's about the six pillars of intimacy it's about the framework that you stand upon to have the extraordinary marriage you desire and so when you're looking at it it's wonderful because we're not pointing fingers at each other we're just going like Elisa's like serious she's like our recreational intimacy and I, and I was looking at her going yeah you're, you're, you're right because what you may or may not know about our dynamic is that Tony and I work together. That part you've likely already figured out because you hear all our voices and you see all the stuff with one extraordinary marriage. But we work together from our home. We only have one child left at home and she can drive. So she is often not at home or mm-hmm. not needing us to take her anywhere. Um, we have a lot of time together. And at times I think we have too much time together. I actually had that thought this morning when I was waking up. I'm like, wow, we spent... But but the challenge is... Yeah, that's, that's been a... That's been something that's been stirring in me for a bit. <laughs> so anyhow, Tony and I have a lot of time together. And so from from the outside world, from the perception of, you know, looking at Tony and Lisa inside, like there should be a lot of time for recreational. Inti- and like, we're always doing stuff together. We'll hop in the car to go here. Or we'll go do this together. We'll go. And yet our dating life, like the actual recreational intimacy, not talking about time spent together, but recreational intimacy hasn't been the greatest so late uh, of late. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, like our dating life, you guys, has gone from, you know, in the early days, Taco Bell at midnight 
super romantic. You know, we've been on... Week- 59 cent tacos and Come burritos. On. You can beat that at midnight. 1994, baby. That's right. Um, we've had week-long vacations without the kids. We've done living room picnics when they were little. We have done card games at the kitchen table and conversation cards in the car. Literally all of these different things. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, we've had the different seasons too when it's come to our kids where we've had lots of little kids and it's been, and not lots, we've had two, uh, but challenging to find a babysitter or to have the finances to afford a babysitter. And then super, super busy seasons where we're like, where are we going to find the time? Mm-hmm. And especially during those high school years oh. when Alex was playing football, that would take up a Thursday when he was playing freshman in JV and then Friday nights would be varsity. And, and so then driving two games and all of that. I mean, you, you get into the fall season, we would be in our fall seasons and I would look at our calendar and go, when are we going to get some time for just you and I to go out on a date, like just have a little fun together, go do something different. And there were, that w- it was tough. Well, it, it was I- definitely tough. I actually think for us now it's actually a little harder with the spring season. And actually I think even when Alex was in high school, like those Thursday Fridays were really intense, but the lacrosse season in the spring, because they play like two or three games a week Week. and we don't make it to every single one of our children's games. Um, but we try. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that, that can eat up a lot of nights. Right. And, and so we can be in this place where, you know, we start looking at that recreational intimacy like we were, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were sitting there at our coffee break and going, we are not being as intentional as we need to be. Mm-hmm. We're, we're giving it some lip service. We're saying, yeah, that's a date. But when we go out on that date, it's kind of like just, you know, two friends having dinner as opposed to really focusing on it. And, you know, for those of you that don't know, to define recreational intimacy really gets into that place. It's the closeness and connection that comes from purposeful time together with the one you love. Yeah. And it's the fourth pillar mm-hmm. of the six. And so when you pick up your book, you're going to get on in there and you're going to go, okay, here it is. We, we say them in order because we want to always stay like, hey, this is where it is. Um, so it is that fourth pillar when you're reading your book, The Six Pillars of Intimacy. And for those of you that just need a little more help, it's chapter nine. There you go. That starts on page 131. There you go. Make it easy for you. But as we were having that conversation, you know, I, I just, I looked at Tony and I'm like, okay, we spend the functional time together. We are physically in each other's presence a lot, but we're not actually spending connected time together, right? We're around each other. The quantity of time is there. The quality of the time, not so much. And And your dynamic may be different. You, You may not have the quantity of time together because one of you works out of the house or both of you work out of the house or whatever your dynamic may be at this moment in time. And so... Just put yourself at where you are Mm -hmm. and the dynamic you have. Because there was a point in time too when I didn't work at home. My other business had me out eight to 10 hours a day. I I used to work for a company when we were first married. I mean, I would be out of the house at 4.35 in the morning Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't get home until 7 or 7.30 at night due to California driving and where we lived and going into LAX and all this stuff. So Put yourself where you are right now. Because like I get a lot of coaching couples that will, you know, talk about how they run errands together. They watch the kids play sports side by side or they sit on, you know, they're in the same room watching TV, but they're literally 
couple last night just told me about how they sit on opposite ends of the couch or on two different couches, actually, you know, but, but it's good, you know, cause they can check the box saying we're spending time together, but there's not a whole lot of actual connection. And with all of that, the, there's, there's this little three letter F word that I've come to realize is missing for a lot of couples. And yes, I did say the F word because the three letter F word is F U N. It's fun. Right. A lot of marriages, when you look at them and, and ours included recently, not so fun. It's not like dating couples and newlyweds have got the monopoly on having fun in marriage. Right. And I get it. Kids add a layer of responsibility. Jobs add a layer of responsibility. But fun is still important. And, and it's still important to ask your spouse out no matter how long you've been married. I don't care if it's been 25 years going on 26. And some of you are looking at this going, wait a minute, we have fun all the time. Good, and, you get the. And it's and it's awesome. Again, how are you doing different stuff together then, and having fun in a different way? What? How are you stepping out together in in other ways? Because again, we're, we're talking to to so many of you in so many different areas. And when you look at this, you know, one of you may be having fun, the other other one may not be. Mm-hmm. And so, what does that begin to look like in your marriage? How do you? How do you? How's the dynamic? Um, change so that both of you can truly go, wow, that was really fun. We had a great time. We actually strengthened our recreational intimacy doing this, this, or that. Well, and I think it's important to note too that recreational intimacy can be this incredible bridge to the other five pillars. Mm. And so much so that I think we should talk about that after this break. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help from challenges in their marriage? That's six years of struggling and feeling like something is off of wondering why you can't seem to change things. Stop waiting. At One Extraordinary Marriage, we offer marriage coaching with Elisa. Elisa coaches couples just like you wanting more in their marriage. Here's what one husband had to say. We were at the point of changing our behavior or going our separate ways. My wife suggested marriage coaching, but I was skeptical. I didn't need to be skeptical. Elisa helped us get to the core of our issues and gave us the tools we needed to have an awesome marriage. Now, our marriage is stronger than ever. Our communication is better. Our finances are transparent. We discovered date nights again, and our sex life is wow. If you think marriage coaching isn't for you, I promise that if you are committed to making a change, that is exactly the road you should take. Apply for coaching at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. Don't wait six years. Go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. We're back, and we're talking about changing the routines around your recreational intimacy in order to build the six pillars of intimacy in your marriage. And, you know, when I work with couples, recreational intimacy is often one of the first pillars that, that we start to work on. And I know some of you are like, wait, you don't start. There are two things that many of you are sitting there thinking, why aren't you starting with emotional intimacy? And then the other 50% are likely saying, why don't you start with sexual intimacy? And here's why, (laughs) because it's a whole lot easier on both sides, I don't care which mm. camp you're in, if you want the emotional intimacy to come first or the sexual intimacy to come first, to think about doing something for you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes with your spouse, then engaging in one of those conversations mm-hmm. around something heavy or in thinking about, oh my gosh, like my spouse wants me to have sex. Finding those, I, and I know, like some of you are just like, oh, you just read my mail, Lisa. Yeah, because I've done this once or twice. We've been talking to marriages and talking to couples for 12 years. But when you find those activities, Mm. whether they're big or small, that you enjoy doing together, 
they foster those feelings of connection and closeness. They become that bridge to get into your emotional intimacy, your physical intimacy, your financial, spiritual, and sexual. Like don't poo-poo starting with the recreational intimacy going, yeah, but Lisa, we need to work on this one. Because I actually want to just share some examples of sure. how this starts to look right. So let's, let's say it is an ice cream cone. And, and I often, I mean, except for all of you people that are in like super cold weather states, I often throw that out. I'm like, go grab an ice cream cone together. Or and, if you're in the cold weather states, you can go grab a hot chocolate. There you go. But, and here's why. Because there's a finite amount of time that it's going to take you to consume what that is. Right? Like if, it's a, if it, you're in a warm weather state, like it doesn't take you that long to finish an ice cream cone. Right? So you can kind of say, oh, this is going to be like 20 or 30 minutes. It feels manageable. Mm. Yeah. Right. Same thing if you're, I mean, I, I can nurse a coffee for hours, but most people are not like me. Right. So if you go grab a coffee or a hot chocolate, it'll be a short period of time. But the reason around that is because if you're feeling challenged in your marriage, it's a short period of time. And here's the thing too. If you're stuck in a date night rut, it's possibly because you're going to the same restaurant, doing the same thing over and over. So it becomes very routine. It feels like we're just going to drive mm-hmm. to the parking lot we're going to park in the same spot we're going to pick up the same food from the from the menu from the same place and when you get something like an ice cream cone it changes up that dynamic you can go get an ice cream mm-hmm. you don't need it you, you could sit in there if you want but you know what if it's a nice day go for a walk yeah go go take it out for a 15 minute walk and you know by the time you finish you're back at the car and that and that allows you guys to switch something up. Yeah, maybe like for us, for us it would take you know fifteen twenty minutes to drive to the coast, depending on where we're going to go on the coast. So we have some drive time, but then we have that time there wherever that may be. You know, Del Mar, Solana Beach, Encinitas. We do our walk. We get to see the water. Mm-hmm. Get back in our car and we drive home. And that's you know that's an hour plus. That's an hour and twenty minutes of us just breaking something up, getting out of that normal like oh, well, we only can go out to go get a meal. We can still go out and see the sunset. Well, I was talking to one of my coaching clients the other day and they're actually, um, they're doing a, a very specific Daniel fast during mm. Lent, Okay. right? And so we were talking about dating and they're both like, yeah, but we're not really, like we're not eating at restaurants for these 40 days. And I'm like, good. So you don't have to stop dating yeah good not, like I, I think that's even better like it like makes you have you, to think differently right and i told him I'm like you live in a beautiful part of the country there are a lot of other things that you can do that don't require food you can get out and and even having the conversations right like here's how you supercharge your emotional intimacy when you're having conversations about what you could do when you're breaking out of your rut mm, that's like, good all of a sudden we start to get into anticipation and excitement yes. and creativity and, and all of these things that are super great for your brain and super great mm. for the connection that the two of you have to really, it, it, just changing your conversation of going, hey, I heard about, you know, we're in San Diego. There's uh, the Vincent Van Gogh, um, like immersive art exhibit, right? At the Del Mar Fairgrounds. And I, like it popped up on one of my social media feeds and I'm like, we've okay, never could, done anything like that. We should go do that. That could be a lot of fun and completely different. But it got me thinking, okay, what can we do? When can I ask Tony out? What does our schedule look like? Yada, yada, yada. But it shifts the conversation, mm-hmm. right? So your emotional intimacy will shift. As you're starting to think about where are we going to go, right? Often if you're just doing dinner in a movie, right? The physical touch is pretty limited, right? You might be sitting across the table from each other or you know, you'll sit next to each other. Maybe you'll hold hands. Maybe he'll put his arm around her during the movie. But if you're out doing something different, mm-hmm. 
right? You often, and we need to actually go axe throwing. Like I keep using axe throwing as an example because so many of you have. But I, I love the idea of axe throwing or something physical and sports related because you, you know, you see the couples high fiving each other or, you know, coming back to, you know, behind the safety zone because you're throwing axes and like hugging each other and embracing and all this kind of stuff. Right. So the touch, the physical touch can change when you're doing that because you're not doing the same old thing. So you just go, oh, yeah, well, I know what's going to happen when we sit in the movie. No, you get out, you go play putt putt and you're like high fiving each other. Or you're like, you know, he's putting his arms around her while she's, you know, doing her swing, whatever it is totally shifts up the physical intimacy right when you're when you start getting into these creative ideas mm. you get to really put this bridge and change up how you're thinking about the financial intimacy when it comes to dating maybe you're going to be like the couple that i was telling you guys about that aren't eating in restaurants for the, you know the 40 days of lent and i'm like guys like they happen to live in a state with beaches and great parks and all different kinds of fabulous outdoor activities and i'm like why are you not doing any of that like for them, I'm like, it won't even cost you anything. So you can get a lot of like free dates. And that may be part of the creativity and the emotional intimacy that gets built talking about it. Or you may be getting into a conversation going, how much are we going to spend on this date? Mm -hmm. But because we're doing something we haven't done before, how much do we want? How much money do we want to allocate for this? How much or how much do we have to spend to do this kind of date? But you're building your financial intimacy there. Yeah, and that's something that comes up. Obviously, you know, if if you're doing your your monthly check in, making sure your cash flow plan looks good, that's probably coming in at the beginning or the end of one month, the beginning of the month. Whenever you guys are doing that, mm -hmm. you're looking at that and you're allocating those funds. Maybe even that early on to go, hey, we're gonna go do axe throwing this week, this month. Great, it's this much money. You know, you're finding a deal or you're just you got a buddy who works there, whatever it may be going on, and it's. It's there, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? You're, you're, you've allocated those funds to go do that together. You know, talking about the other pillars, you know, with your spiritual intimacy, you may find that, you know, just breaking out of the right, maybe guys pray as you're leaving to go on a date. Yeah. Or maybe you choose to pray over your meal. Or maybe the two of you go somewhere and you just talk about your spiritual life sitting out. I mean, I know we keep saying the beach a lot. It's literally 12 minutes away for us guys. It's, it's <laughs> what we do. Um, and it's not a rut for us because we just, it's new literally for me every time we go to the beach it's like a new experience just because of the constant changing tides and things like that segue but that's why we talk about it but you can get into that place where you're building your spiritual intimacy mm -hmm. and for some of you just simply praying for your date to go well could be a complete shift and get you out of the rut that you're in true right and you know finally your sexual intimacy break out of that date rut for some of you, it may, and we've talked about this before, you know, dessert before dinner. It is okay. It is okay if you're, it's okay to talk about sex. Even at dinner, it's okay to talk about what the plans are for the sexual intimacy instead of just having all of these expectations going on in his and her head and not talking about it and somebody ending up frustrated at the end of the night. Or have it before. That's what, yeah, when I said dessert before dinner. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is Okay. I mean, literally, I was at an event the other night and had an opportunity to, um, had an opportunity to speak to this crowd. And I, literally, I, I was basically pitching a commercial, and I, I spoke about sex to about a hundred people on the fly in a one-minute commercial, and uh, it was so funny. People are still talking about it, but they're like, "You're so comfortable with it. Why? Because Tony and I have been talking about this for twelve years. The only way the two of you are going to get talking about your sexual intimacy on a date night is to start talking about your sexual intimacy 
when you're mm-hmm. dating. It will shift the conversation because so many of you, this is where the, this is where you get tripped up because you're not talking about it, but there's all this stuff going on in your head and then date nights look the same old, same old because nobody said anything. Mm-hmm. And there's many a ways that you can add fun to your sexual intimacy. We have numerous episodes around that so you guys can go search through and look, but talk about each of these. Mm-hmm. Look at each of these. Which ones... You know, do you feel like have you have a crack in your uh, a pillar right mm-hmm. now? And how do you look at getting out of that date night rut and strengthening your recreational intimacy as well as the others? Like, how do you pull it up? How do you bring it up? How do you repair it? How do you strengthen it by getting out of that just that date night rut that you've been in? Mm-hmm. You know, so we have a couple of resources we want to share with you. One, if you need to generate ideas, you need to get our date night done right guide. Absolutely. It it is by far the best way for the two of you to go, here we go. Mm -hmm. And now you actually have like dates on a paper piece of paper that you guys can go do and you can plan out and you guys can do for one another. So Mm -hmm. to grab that, they're always going to be here in the episode notes. You can click that link. If you're in the, in your favorite podcast app, it's in the description right down there below, but you can also go to one extraordinary marriage.com slash date night. That will get you there. We also have an article that you can read and that's called 10 date ideas you should do with your spouse. So if you need something to go, Oh gosh, what do we do now? Like, I'm just lost at a loss for what to do. It's okay. Like we all get there at times. Like it's easy to sometimes just go, it's, it's the same restaurant. I get it. It's easy, but this may be the the catalyst for you to mm-hmm. just start thinking outside the box yeah. and thinking a little differently. And maybe every other month or every few months, you're picking something off of here. So that way you are changing it up and you're getting out of that date night rut. Mm-hmm. For one another. Here's the thing. Let's not have. Let's not live in a society where it's only the unmarried people or the newlyweds that are having fun in their marriage, right? Can we can we change? Can we make a decision? I mean, it's a decision that Tony and I are making to bring fun back into our marriage, to get curious about each other again, to to not have that be a word that we are like, oh yeah, well you know that's something the young people do. No, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like having fun in marriage isn't so, isn't just for other people. Right. Start claiming that and, and being intentional about building the recreational intimacy and watch the overflow and how that shifts the dynamic in your marriage. Yeah. This is your week. Go out there. Go have some fun with one another. Go strengthen your recreational intimacy. Go find a new date that you guys can go do together. Put it on your calendar. Schedule it. Figure out what where it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and go do it. And then come back and share. Go to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Send us that email. We want to read it. We want to celebrate you. We want to champion you because you guys are doing what other couples aren't. You're going out there and you're being intentional. You're taking action and you're having the extraordinary marriage you desire. So go do that this week. We can't wait to hear from you and the different dates that you guys are going on so we can share with the one family. What you do can be the impetus and it could be the idea that can help another couple. So make sure you send in that hug. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.